Are you ready to live the life you were meant to live? Is it time to step up and strive to reach your fullest potential? Will you dare to take the bold steps to drive your business and your life to the next level? Then you're ready to live in abundance, passion, and joy. You are ready to be a maverick. Join Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire, and the Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Paul Fink, and this is Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, this is the place where we talk about how to do things differently, thinking differently, being differently, and doing things different to create different results. And isn't that what most of us want? So many people are in this space of the same old, same old, and every day is the same as yesterday, and it's not necessarily a life that we love. How do we create the greatness in ourselves, our fullest potential, is by creating a different reality, and we do that by creating a different action, different thoughts, different feelings today to create that new environment tomorrow. And that's what our podcast is all about. So today I've got a special guest who personifies so much of that and has been in active journey over the last couple of years in creating a difference in the world. And for not just uh, uh, herself and her family, but also so many, so many people around her and uh, expanding all around the country now, watching just the amazement that she goes down this journey. She is the founder of Entry Envy. It founded in October 2021, so just a short time ago. And in Omaha, Nebraska, and she helps people create welcoming entry into their homes, into their businesses, with simplicity and convenience that also identifies their home for their guests and deliveries and and doing all that and in a great way. And we'll be introducing some of that in just a moment in more detail. These are custom signs with modern address numbers, last names, monograms featuring a small even planter box there so you can have floral engagement on a monthly basis. And there's a subscription model to this that I want you all in business to be paying attention to. Her inspiration came from a divorce, yes, a divorce, where she fully remodeled her home with outdated, hard to read house numbers on her house. She wanted to change that into something that was functional and fun and just in, enjoyable to be around. Before founding Entry Envy, she was the executive director of two medium-sized law firms in Omaha for over 18 years. Bachelor's degree in business with marketing major, has an executive MBA, contributing author of the book, Wisdom Before Me. She also has two, two children, two teenage daughters, a dog and a tortoise of all things. Life purpose, to encourage young women to consider the trades as a noble profession. And she personifies so much of this. Please welcome to our podcast, Jennifer Lee. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to have you here. We've engaged this whole time. You've been part of the Maverick universe. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's it's uh, crazy 
in the startup world, um, time. You know, you talk a lot about time and uh, there are so many things that I'll say to my assistant. Um, you know that thing we did a few weeks ago, you know, that actually like, you mean the thing we did two days ago? I'll be like, yeah, that, that, right? So yeah. it's um, amazing to think about um, that our conversations began two and a half years ago or even perhaps more um, and that this journey has been in full swing uh, since then. And so it's a lot of fun. It's great to circle back on all of this. Thanks so does that. that feel like it was just yesterday or does that feel like it was a hundred years ago? Both. Yeah. Both. I don't know how to describe it any other way. Like I cannot believe it's been two and a half years since I came up with this idea. I can't believe it's been almost four years since I made a decision to that dramatically changed the course of my life and leaving my marriage. Um, and yet it, doesn't seem like it is possible that it's already been this long. Yeah, I, I find that I go through the same process of that whole, the journey, and I'm so engaged in the journey that I can't believe how much gets done in the process. And yet it also feels like because I've created so much that the person I used to be was, um, that had to have been decades ago. It couldn't have just been a couple of years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. I was thinking about you the other night. Um, I, when you work and so many people say, how have you done all of this in two years? Right. You know, you're only two years old. How have you created this? Um, and you know, the short answer is, is no, I don't sleep. You know, not a lot. And you and I both share those, uh, qualities. Um, and the other night I was really tired and I thought one more thing, one more thing. And Paul will always say that, just do one more thing. And that's how it gets to be three o'clock in the morning, you know, far too often I did one more thing, you know, but uh, it, it really is that consistency compounds. It is the, the action of just doing it one more time, doing it, get it. It's unbelievable how much you can accomplish. It's you know, the, the, the time component and people are really quick to say, oh, no, 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 you need your sleep. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and yet every highly successful person I know, they profess not needing the sleep because, and I've talked to a few people that are really in tune with who they are, their body, and, and they all say the same thing, that your passion for life ends up transcending everything else. And that's key is that you're so passionate about what you're doing. And I know Jennifer, you are with everything that's been created that you're so passionate that it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything. It doesn't feel like you're, you're doing without sleep. And it also the next day just rolls into just more of what you want. Yeah. And, and with that, it's, uh, it's an amazing journey. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So let's go back and, and just kind of uh, recap some of the things that have happened over the last two years for everybody. So we actually got engaged, got engaged. We engaged in conversation uh, during COVID. And it was on a virtual and we really weren't traveling yet. Um, and we, I was doing uh, virtual events, if you will. And you came on one of those events. And, and I don't even know how you ended up there. 
uh, and you were on one of the events and we scheduled time to talk. And if you, uh, I don't know what was going through your mind during those periods of time, but talk about some of the early days. Yeah. So I'm going to take um, kind of people back to real quick. So you said, you mentioned I got divorced. I moved into a fixer upper because it was during the middle of COVID um, and trying to buy a house at the peak of the market during a financial situation that was challenging because of the divorce going on um, created not a lot of availability. Beggars can't be choosers. And I got a fixer upper. So I move into this fixer upper house, August of 2020. And I just, I knew it from day one and I just started, you know, room by room tackling it. And um, I had a lot of time to think. It was it was truly therapy I couldn't buy. I didn't realize it at the time. That's what I was doing. But it was a lot of hours um, at night with uh, just a paintbrush in my hand, you know, having just creative space. And that's where I've learned that I think the best, both in the late night hours and just doing that kind of work. I'm, I'm not good to just go sit and watch the grass grow. I try, but it doesn't happen very well for me. Um, and so when I got into uh, some about halfway through the remodel, it was in around January of 2021, uh, I was thinking about the hundreds of thousands of women that were out of work at that time because entertainment and hospitality and tourism were completely shut down. And I was also thinking about how easy it was that I was doing these things every night, how much I enjoyed it. And I was thinking about the tens of thousands of people that were remodeling their houses. And every single time you turned around, they were complaining they couldn't get an electrician or a plumber, or, you know, the contractor wasn't showing up. And I thought, God, you know, we have all of these people who are perfectly capable of working in the trades, but they've never been given permission and they don't know where to start and they don't know how. And we have all of these other people in this market that are willing to pay them. How do we put these two together? And I started walking down this path in my head and then I actually started taking action to say, can I fix this? Because I personally was tired of, of trying kind of running into the same obstacles over and over. You go figure out how to do something. Yes, you can do it on YouTube or whatever. You watch 50 different videos of 50 different guys who get the 50 different sets of tools and methods of how to fix something. And then you got to figure out how to do it. God, there's got to be a better way to all of this. So, but at the end of the, at the end of sort of this cycle, and that was when we actually first connected, I couldn't figure out how to monetize what my sort of altruistic mission was to get the women in the trades and more younger people in the trades is a huge problem. There's 3 million jobs open in the trades within the next year. Um, and we just don't have enough people because we have done an incredible job for the last 35 years of sending every single high school graduate to college, regardless of whether they have a plan, regardless of whether they have enough money to go. They don't know what they're going to do. They just, they're going to go to college, right? And we're creating um, a really economic infrastructure crisis for our country. And we have to fix that. But Digressing from that, I was managing a law firm full-time by day. I was remodeling my house at night. I was a single mom with two kids and no other outside financial resources. And I couldn't figure out how to monetize this mission, if you will. And so I shelved it because I wasn't in a position to be able to quit my job and do anything different. So I just put it on the shelf and I thought, okay, we'll come back to that someday. But at least I know why I'm here. I knew with clarity my purpose on this planet is to solve this problem. It just wasn't at that time. And so 
I kept remodeling the house and it was in April of 2021, four months later, that I went on this mission because now I came home and the inside of my house looked brand new, it looked beautiful, I was proud of it, but the outside looked old. It looked like a fixer-upper and I'm like, I'm out of time, I'm out of energy, I'm out of money. How do I add curb appeal without spending a lot? So I decided to paint the garage door, paint the front door, update the light fixture, and figure out how to move the house numbers that were above the garage door. You couldn't see them. They were old. They were small. They were crooked to a different spot. So I started Googling modern house number signs. And when I stumbled upon one for inspiration that had this little planter box on the front of it, I thought, well, I'm not going to pay anybody to make that. I got extra stuff out in the garage. I'll just go do it myself. So I did decided to paint it. I had to go to three or four different hardware stores to find the house numbers I wanted. Nobody had them in gold. I won gold, so I spray painted it. And I got, and now I got the sign and it looks really cute. Now I've got this planner box on the front and I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to put in this? And so I'm not, I'm not planting anything. I don't have time to water flowers twice a day. And I live in Nebraska. We could only grow something four or five months out of the year. I'm like, this isn't going to work. So I take my sign to the local craft store and I spend, it's right before Easter, I spent about 45 minutes trying to figure out what kind of fake stuff to put in here. I've got to buy three foam blocks and I only needed one because that's how they were sold. I had to buy a whole bag of Spanish moss and I only needed, you know, a quarter of an ounce. Um, I had to buy 12 tulips. I only needed three, but you know, so $37 later, I, an hour worth of time, I'm now at home. I have to find my wire cutters. I can never find my wire cutters. Don't ask me why, but I had to find the wire cutters. Now, and I got it, and I found this cute little robin's egg, and I needed to figure out a way to have him not blow away, so I found something to poke in this egg, and then I had to hot glue it. So moral of the story, I thought, holy crap, I thought watering this was going to be a lot of work. This was a pain in the rear, but it was the cutest thing ever. I mean, cutest thing ever. I had a little brown burlap bunny and a little egg and three tulips and Spanish moss, and it just looked adorable. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do this every month. Who ships this stuff, you know? So I go back to Google and I start searching for faux floral subscription boxes, holiday and seasonal decor, artificial decor for your front porch. I mean scouring Google, Pinterest, Etsy, and no one was shipping this stuff. No one. And I can't believe that. But it was like that God moment of where I remembered my professor from 1997 in my marketing class who said, if you're ever going to create a business, create a reoccurring revenue model. And he used the example at that time of the, of the newspaper, right? Those were the, that was the first subscription. Right. And I thought, uh-huh. And I thought, not everybody needs house numbers. Some people need last names and monograms. And what about the people who live in apartments or assisted living? Maybe they would like something for their door too. But the common denominator that I came up with was everything would have the same size planter box attached to it. And my business model was shipping monthly and seasonal faux floral holiday um, and you know decor. And so I then I, I, I did all my models. This was like for 48 hours. I built this entire multi-million dollar business in my head. And I, I went then and sat down and looked at the spreadsheet because I knew I had to make the numbers work. So don't get too excited, Jen, right? So I started working through the numbers and I thought, no, this works. And then I thought, well, is anybody going to buy it besides me, right? So I think this is a good idea, but then you got to do some market testing. And so um, I, I 
went to a little craft show um, and I didn't have a company name. I didn't have a website. I was just there with my samples and I collected 250 email addresses in six hours from women that said, as soon as you go live, please let me know. So now I had to figure out, I have, you know, lots of formal education. I have an MBA. I've managed $10 million revenue plus businesses for 20 years, but I had no clue how to start a company. None. And I'm like, wow, okay, I need some help. And, you know, I am a big believer in being a lifelong learner, continuing education, and working smarter, not harder. Find the shortcuts whenever you can. Maximize, right? Those are my Gallup strengths. Strategic, maximizer, arranger. So strategic, great. I want to start a company. Number two, I need to maximize the, the, the ROI, and I need to get there as fast as I possibly can because this is not going to be an inexpensive or quick journey. Um, and a ranger is like, what are all of the resources I need? Money, people, tools, energy to be able to accomplish those goals. And so I started going back. My executive MBA thesis was on executive coaching. And so I had interviewed 78 executive coaches from all around the world um, back in 2013 before I even knew what an executive coach was. And I started looking at that list and I thought, Surely somebody on here knows how to start a business. And so I found um, a gal and through her, she actually is the one who connected me to you. She was, Amy Walker is amazing and very systems process oriented sales. I, I love her and I just needed systems at that point, one step in front of the other. Um, and you and I had been on, you were, you had done a very brief um, podcast. It wasn't a podcast. It was like you jumped on a Zoom. I heard you for about 10 or 15 minutes. I don't even know what I heard, but I thought I heard something and I thought, well, this guy's pretty good. I want to meet him too. And so I jumped on one of your other calls that you had um, on kind of a Thursday night. And I'm just, I'm a lurker at that point. I'm sitting in the back and I'm kind of thinking that you're really too good to be true. I don't know if you really know what you're talking about, but everything you said, I, I heard, I listened, I believed, and I thought, I think I want to meet this guy. And so I launched, I started the idea of this company in April of 2021. I work you know, every single night until two, three, four in the morning after I managed a law firm all day long, after I got my kids taken care of for dinner, and I worked on the back end of Entry Envy, building this company. And um, I launched it officially October 1st of 2021, um, and I got 25 subscribers my first month, and it was amazing. And I knew every single one of them. So I still hadn't crossed the threshold yet of we have anybody outside of this buying, but we had 25. And November, now we added another 20 or so. And I didn't know those people. This was, this was, now we were starting to get a little bit further outside of that. And you were hosting Maverick Success Live in Las Vegas. And I had a, a free hotel room and a free plane ticket with points. And uh, you had a reasonable ticket price. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go spend three days working on myself, on the business, and, and get away from my 3 a.m. mornings with my computer and, you know, coding and everything else I was doing. And just think about, where's this going? What am I doing here? And um, it was getting tricky at this point to keep managing the law firm all day long and run this business that was now live. Now I had people calling me and texting me during the middle of the afternoon, asking questions about what signed order. And I thought, this is getting a little hard. And when 
you know, I went and and had that experience with you. It was the best thing that I did for myself and certainly what I needed at that time. And it made me think so much about where was I going with this? And at the end of the day, you know, what what you um, talk about to so many people and I have shared and, and man, all of the high achievers, we all know this, it's fear. Everyone has fear at every level of success and that's what you have to push through to get what you want. It's not that you're not going to be scared, but it's be scared and do it anyway. And the, you know, the quote of whoever said it, everything you want is on the other side of fear is just, you know, so true. And, you know, so I, I was just terrified. Like, could I quit a six figure corporate income job um, and chase a dream? Because let me tell you, my 35, 40 subscribers that were paying $29 a month at that point for their artificial stuff was not going to pay the bills. And- and I want to pause at, at yeah. that moment. I want to reflect on just a couple things that you said. Yes. One is that um, it always amazes me, and yet I know it for the fact, is that in your MBA, you, you are not taught how to start a business. And that always amazes me because, well, you're being taught all these great components about business. However, the, the cornerstone is getting one going. And no, 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 you got to find someone else who already did that. And then you tap in. And and there's so much the rest of that story of what does it take to start a business? What does it take to, to dig deep and decide in a couple things that happened at the event, you did a reflection on who am I, what do I want, and what do I really want my future to be? And that is so key to then face your fears because we know that the fear is the key and that it's, you know, digging deep and taking that next step, which you've done. And yet it's, it's the understanding of what is my journey and what do I really want? That'll be the motivating factor to actually take that leap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you had the idea, you you were ready, and I went, I don't know. Uh, most people go through the same journey. They end up selling their family and friends. They sell them all this, and then they go, hmm. So they bought, but who else is going to buy? You went through that process. And all during this time, I remember we were talking. We were already engaged. We had a consult, and we were kind of, there was a text back and forth. There was some engagement with a few um, components along the way. And then I was so glad when you came to the event because I know that becomes a catalyst for so many people in in really spending the time away from their business in their life and getting clear with what their future is. And that was a catalyst, uh, a key moment for you in driving forward. Yeah. And, you know, when I went, I went by myself and I wouldn't have gone any other way. You know, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for divorce, but I'm an advocate for really, really, really supportive spouses. And if you don't have one, it's probably why you're unhappy. And, you know, I could not do everything that I have done um, in, in, I think, quite frankly, in any relationship. Um, 
and you know the last two years and i think that event for me you know the question that you raise is the hardest one to answer and i go through this every day i'm going through it again right now what do you want you can have anything you want what do you want and that comes up at different places for different reasons at different times and and I'm I'm there again on a on a, on another another issue related to the next level of the business, right? What do you want? And you know, to not be influenced by anybody else for those three days and really be focused on me. What do I want? You know, when I hired you, I didn't tell anybody what I was what I was doing. Um, you know, there are most thank, people. Thank you for that. Thank thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Don't most tell. Don't everyone here, don't tell anyone that you hired me. I, I Keep me a secret. It's absolutely imperative. That's, thank you. <laughs> you know, I've told the, the world many times since. But, thank you, thank you. you know, I think that, like, you know, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars in coaches since I graduated from my MBA. And and I would, that, that money, I mean, first of all, just starting a company is an education you can't buy. Holy moly. I mean, it's, there's just not a price tag you can put on that, but every coach has a different purpose. I think for, for me, I mean, a, they, a time, place, purpose, whatever I needed. Um, but I guess it goes back to not being afraid to ask for help, you know, and so much of business and you talk about this and taught me this, wow, it's all in your head. That is, that is where everything happens is its mindset. And it's, hard to believe until you get there and then you're like yeah yeah most people go no 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 just tell me what what what's the tool i need what's the system i need yeah let's start here and part of the reason why like i know that so profoundly is that 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 was me i was the young kid had my first business really young in life and i was man who do i turn to i'm supposed to know all the answers and i shunned help I literally like chased it away over, over the first couple decades of being in business. And I learned oh, that doesn't work. And you really want to step up. You really want to create the magic that's within you. Grab hold of the resources, ask for help. Then mm -hmm. there's so many people around you that will, will help you mm -hmm. in so many different degrees and ways that, uh, but you've got to start asking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge. So, yeah. So, so here we were, we were in, and now we're in December of 2021. And that's when uh, the real conversation of, oh, I've got, I've got a pretty good position, a pretty good salary. Uh, do I leave it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the, the question that somebody had actually asked on a Zoom call with you um, in one of the group formats prior to that was they said, when do you quit your day job? And, you know, I've had that question asked so many times of me by by women um, and everybody's scared, right? And it's terrifying until you do it. It's terrifying while you do it, it's still scary, right? But, um, you know, you said, don't quit your job when you've replaced your income, quit your job when you know how to replace your income. And you referenced the line of 99% a bitch, 100% a breeze. 
and you have to go all in. You have to go all in. And that resonates with my mindset so much because of the maximizer mentality that I have in my Gallup strengths. I mean, I am not the person who's like, you know, something's better than nothing today. At least you walked for 20 minutes. Oh, hell no. If I'm going to the gym, we're going for an hour and we're going to lift 3,000 pounds and we're going to sweat our asses off and we're not going at all, right? Excellent. I'm not a halfway anything kind of person. And you know that about me. Yep. So it was, you know, that that was for me like the get it of like, you got to go all in on this. And, you know, when it goes back to people say, how have you done what you've done in the last two years? I say, okay, you know, there's a lot of things. Number one is not sleeping and working really hard. Um, but number, and, and so going along with that is, is going all in. But number two was there was no plan B. There's no spouse whose income is going to subsidize this. There's no trust fund. There's no life savings. Like this is it. And that creates a fire that is just, ugh, can't put it out, right? And it mine will not go out until I feel like I've made it. And that's that's you know an illusion. No plan B. No plan B. And so many people, that's if I get a fight along the distance and along the way, that's the fight I get. What do you mean there's no plan? No, no, no. Well, if this doesn't work, I was like, what do you mean if? What what's going on? Because as soon as you put it out there, it's gonna happen. And that's a that's a big challenge. And, and we breezed over it and you made it sound so, oh yeah, well, I was afraid. You were deathly afraid. Terrified. You quit your job. And yeah. we had multiple conversations, <clears throat> almost weekly on, uh, are you sure? Talk about that phase, because I think that is so relevant to so many people because they they get oh yeah yeah it's nice you had a great idea i've had a great idea you you thought it might be something yeah, yeah, and then you got a little bit concerned but you did it because that's who you are i could never do that yeah it's a it's it's a tough one you know i journaled a lot through that process too and um I still don't trust myself as much as I wish that I would sometimes. And every time I don't, I regret it. I think not trusting myself on this would have been my biggest regret in my life. Um, but the only reason I trusted myself, you would say, and, and the only reason I ended up trusting myself was because of you. Because you saw what I couldn't. You believed in me and the company that I was building more than I did myself. And I struggle again right now, like two years later, doing huge next moves in this company. It's the same thing. Like when you're in the weeds, you're so far down. And even me being number one strategic, like I'm like, just show me where the light's at. It can be 10 years away and I'll see it. And I'll figure out how to get there. When you're in your own company, in your own head, it's hard to get above the clouds and see the possibility. And for me to go into somebody else's world, I'm like, it's a no brainer. Like you've got this, like just quit your job and go do this. That's you, right? Like you can do that. You're like, no big deal. And, and it's not that you're going to tell that to everybody. You know, it's, it's a selective of like, no, you do, you do. And I did, but 
I don't, I, in a million years, had I not had you sort of holding my hand through the process and it's, it's walking through and, and Keith and I talked about this not too long ago, like that walking through that fire, walking through that fear is part of the process. It's a huge piece of it that you don't realize at the time. You don't realize anything that you're doing at the time is that next stepping stone and, and wherever you're going. Um, and it's, I, I always go back to it and I know that I'm not getting a tattoo on my wrist that says it, but it's as close as I could be, which is just trust the process, but it's trust myself, trust God, trust the universe, trust my team. Um, it just trust. And I, I wore, that was my second word of the year, um, a couple of years ago. And it's, I hold that one close and it's hard. It's really hard. And there's not an easy answer. You have to go through it. You have to, you have to walk the walk. I right now tend to attract a lot of women that want to be happy. They want to be where I'm at in life. They want to start a company. They want to pursue their company full-time, like whatever it is. And, you know, they're like, I just can't do it. That's the answer. I owe. It's what I always hear. I can't do that. I just don't see how I can do this, you know? And you can't. You just have to do it. And once you go, that's it. There's no, I mean, I'm, I'm on... There gets to be a point of no return, right? And that's part of that really hard point that I'm at right now. I got to choose two highways. I'm going down the interstate right now, 120 miles an hour, and I got two exits. Neither one are really exits. They're 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 just like next right. state level, right? We're not. There's not an off ramp here, and that's actually no. it, right? Like you you get you get so far down the road that you're you know. I mean, don't drive the don't drive the tank off the cliff. That's not going to happen. But you know, you, you have two storylines, and do you go do you go left or do you go right? And once you pick those, that whichever way that is, it's going to be really difficult down the road to decide that you're going to change lanes later. And so, yeah. um, it's but, a the trust the process moment right now. It, it's it's possible to switch the lanes. The key component, though, is that you definitely take that leap. And there's a certain component of a fear in that leap and you took it, but then there's also people don't recognize there's leap after leap after leap after leap that you end up doing in your process. And that's where trust the process comes in is that you've, you've got to keep taking those leaps. There's no just, Oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to stay on this cliff for a while. I'm just going to sit here and build my house right here on this cliff. No, you, you got to keep moving. And, and that's where, uh, you know, the the difficult and the greatness of our journey comes in, uh, and the difficult and greatness of entrepreneur comes in. Entrepreneurship is that you you take that leap of faith and you keep doing it anyway, and then you do it again and again and again, knowing that every time you take it, there it, it could go left or could go right, could go up, could go down. Only there's gonna be another leap later on. So whatever happens, trust the process. Well, there's going to be a net or water, right? Like that's what I, that's what I kind of have, have learned from you that, you know, there's always a solution. It's not a problem. It's a challenge, right? And it is leap after leap after leap. And 
the first one, there's different points that are really, really hard. Those are those milestones, right? So quitting, quitting the day job is a really big leap, you know? Um, I absolutely love, in fact, Keith is the one who told me to read this book, so I'm sure you have as well, um, 10X is Easier Than 2X by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. And what was profound to me, um, and by the way, anybody who's listening, if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend the Audible version, not the book, because Dan and um, Benjamin do a little podcast at the end of each chapter. And so if you're short on time, skip the chapter and just listen to the podcast. But um, <laughs> the, you know, what he says, uh, what Dan talks about is that 10X moves are those that you are abandoning 80% of what you know, what you've done, who you've spent time with, whatever it may be, 80% of it to go a different direction, to think differently, right? Um, and he also talks about, this was a big one for me, that people who are very goal-oriented and, and the movers and the shakers, uh, our goalposts are always moving. So you have to actually measure your progress backwards rather than forwards. And that makes sense, but I am extremely futuristic. So I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I'll be like, on what, you know, like I, you know, and it was, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, an article or an award or something, you know, in the last few weeks that happened. And for me, I'm just like, oh, that's old news. You know, I mean, I don't say that. Of course, I said, thank you, you know, but I've moved on. Like yeah. I'm conquering the next, you know, event or war or whatever, like I'm already onto it. And so, you know, but moving, but looking back, where were, and he does this in the book, he says, where were your 10X moves? What have you done? And, and then that helps you understand you can do it again and you will do it again. You have to do it again, right? So what are those places? And every one of those 10X moves are terrifying. They are always scary in whatever that is. Now, I think people have, who have led very boring lives, and I think that people who are not happy haven't done those. They haven't done them as often as they should if they've ever done them at all. And some of them were done not by their choice, right? There was something that happened to them that changed the course of their life. And I never want to be that, right? I want to be in charge, but, I be, but I'm very aware of it. You know, you talk about you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, you know, being, being conscientious about your space and where you are and taking the next steps. And just a few weeks ago, that came popped into my head again. Um, I've become extremely immersed in the uh, ecosystem sort of in Nebraska of startups, and it's amazing, amazing uh, but it's so easy to get comfortable with a new location and stay there. And I don't mean like that can be anything, right? The first time you walk into, you know, a new country club, I don't care what you're going to join, you know, you don't know anybody, right? You walk into a dinner party, you don't know anybody. And now you get comfortable and you stay there. You walk into a new business networking group, you start to meet people. And now it's easy to go to lunch every single week with those people because you know them. What I caught myself on was that I have gotten really comfortable with this group that I have met in the ecosystem, show up every week, I do my stuff, I know everybody, everybody knows me, and I walked into a room for the first time a few weeks ago of a group of people that I didn't know. It was next level people in the space of founders and startups, and it was, and, and the moment I walked in, I thought, whew, haven't felt this for a while, and I better go back. Right, like I recognized immediately that I'd been here, here. comfortable too long. It, so that's huge. That's huge. 
uh, and it's the doing it different. It's it, it, it's stretching yourself. And you look back, you've done anything for long enough. Uh, you're going to get into a complacency mode. You're going to get into a, a comfort zone that doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. And the, the good and the bad of everything that happened to this world during COVID was that it reshuffled the deck for everybody. And for me, as somebody who observes and trains on this stuff, man, I look at that and reflect on it. It's like, oh, man, all the networks got disheveled. You know, that none of them were, were what they were. And so you had an opportunity to step into all new networks of people as a, as a newbie. And they welcomed you with open arms because everyone had shuffled the deck. And recognizing that it doesn't have to be a, a world-empowering fate of the universe that causes you to do that, that you can just decide, step into new networks step into new opportunities, decide to change, change gears a little bit uh, every step of the way. And when you do, watch the magic that happens. Are you ready to take your life and your business to the next level? Come close, listen up. Because Maverick Success Live is the event you've been waiting for. Picture this. Three days of immersive training that will teach you everything you need to know to transform your life and your business. At Maverick Success Live, you'll learn how to unlock your fullest potential and achieve the success you've always dreamed of. So what are you waiting for? Register today for Maverick Success Live at maverick-success-live.com. Remember, this is only the beginning. Watch what happens next. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, so it's leap after leap. It's keep going uh, and push through the fear every time. Reshma Sujani um, founded uh, Girls Who Code and Moms First US, and she's incredible. And uh, she was on a, um, I caught a reel a few weeks ago that she was on, and somebody asked her if, if she was ever afraid. Because she's got, you know, a half a million followers and is a powerhouse and, you know, always in really tough spaces. And She's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? All day, every day, and twice on Sundays. I was like, yes, right? And uh, I took my 14-year-old daughter to Pink, and she was talking about, she took a moment during her concert, and she talked about her own daughter. And they were talking about social media and being kind and how bullied she is. And her mom's like, and their daughter's like, you? You're bullied on social media? She's like, oh, you have no idea, right? This was Pink. And so, you know, I think that it's recognizing that whenever you're going against the grain, you're doing things different. You're in the, the, the wrong lane. Um, you're making bold moves. The entire process is never going to be comfortable. You know, you're never, you're never always going to be the most popular person in the room. And you have to be okay with that. And, try, and then it goes back to the trust yourself. I mean... Time and time again, I'm not your typical founder. Now, I have recently learned the average age of a founder that's, that has a high success rate is 43, which is ironic that that's exactly when I started this company. I'm 45 now. But, um, it, you know, I don't feel like a typical startup founder. I don't look at myself as a, as a 25-year-old, um, you know, in tech who just graduated. Um, and... What I've had to learn is that there's there's not a textbook for how you start a startup. And it's 
you have to start making some decisions. Like, are you a small business or are you a startup? Goes back to that question of like, what do you want? All right. What and and there's a learning process to that. Um, and then you get to the place of like tapping into like, okay, this is the way that everybody says to do this. And then, okay, what I bring to the table is 25 years of business networks and experience and connections. Relationship is my number one. And when you go back to Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, it's who, not how, right? And really tapping into the who of how to make this happen. And that's been um, a piece that I've come back to time and time again. It's hard to remember. Um, and it's not that you're not doing the work. You sure as heck are. But it's doing it different, right? Say the least. Now, and I want to fast forward, and, and we haven't actually mentioned what success you've had over the last two years. So why don't you give us the the current status of where you're at at this stage in your process now, uh, just over or just about two years in, yeah. in that stage. So we talked about October 2021. I launched. I got 25 people who I know who have bought our product. We end 2021 um, with 40 subscribers and me turning in notice to leave my day job, believing this is going to work. Um, I left in March. Of Which is when you engaged with me fully yep. and exactly. we started working and locking yep. arms together. Yep. Yep. And, and I would say just for reference, like I did, I did the work with you really hard for a solid 12 months um, yeah. during this process. Uh, and so if you look at, as, as you took a course, you invested in education, that was, you know, different, different coaches have different timelines and um, you know, your program, you know, certainly goes on and on and on for years and, and you get what you need when you need it. But I needed you for 12 months really intensely. And that's what, um, served me the best. And so in June of, so I leave my full-time job now in March of 2022, Entry Envy is getting really busy at this point. In June of 2022, we won the best new subscription of the year award from the Subscription Trade Association. And we started doing a lot more collaborations. Um, by the fall, a year later, so a year later, last fall, um, again, this goes back to this very beginning of this, like time is so weird in the startup world and how much we work, but um, I was ready for that next level. I was started to look again. I was like, okay, I got to learn. I got to, I got to, I got to, I know what I've got now. Uh, we had a couple hundred subscribers at this point. So we'd had a tremendous amount of growth in a short amount of time. And I knew that I needed to get more resources. And so um, that was when I made the decision of sort of what path am I going down at that point, started to get very well connected in the startup world. Every big city has an ecosystem of startups, but they're kind of hard to get into, to be honest with you, because it's a really small subset of the population that um, has a product that has a, a billion dollar plus potential addressable market. Um, and there's a fewer subset that has the guts to take the risks and do the work that it's going to be required to, to get on that highway. And so in October, I had a, a, a trajectory changing conversation with um, one of the coaches through an accelerator program uh, through um, 
generator is based out of Milwaukee. They focus on the flyover states and cities, if you will, for talent that is outside of Silicon Valley and sort of the, the big um, cities. Right. And so they have a program in Nebraska that's called In Motion. And I had a co conversation with one of those coaches, and it was the first time since talking to you um, the prior year that I felt heard, that I was like, okay, somebody gets where I'm at. I'm not crazy, right? Because you have lots and lots and lots of conversations and people are just looking at you. I mean, they, they may or may not, but it's like you could just feel it's four eyes. We're not on the same planet here, you know, move on next. And you just kind of have to keep having those. And so I finally connected with this named Mason Cook, great guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I think I found my next spot. And so highly competitive to get into. You know, they talked to 2,500 founders. There's 500 applications. You go through this process. And I was chosen as one of six Nebraska companies to participate in this accelerator program. That was an intense program of 14 weeks. They invested $100,000 into our company um, to, and then paid us to go through this training program, you know, which was incredible. Uh, the point of that program is to, I mean, they only put you in the program if you are a venture backable company, you know, from the capital perspective, and then, um, you know, have the founder ability, can do the work, you know, all of these pieces, right. but they're, but the idea is they're teaching you how to, you know, perfect your pitch and your executive summary and go raise money, go, go, go raise money because that's how everybody makes money at the end of the game on, on venture capital companies. And so it was an incredible experience, grew so much. Um, and then kind of got pushed out of the nest at the beginning of August and said, okay, go fly, you know, go do this. Um, I should mention that in June, so that program, so I, the conversation, and, and I think this is important too, like, Everything takes time, and I don't have a lot of patience for it, but that conversation that really sort of has completely changed where I am 12 months later started 12 months ago. That conversation starts. I get accepted into the program. I had to apply in January of 2023. I got accepted into the program in April of 2023. It started in May. Um, and I graduated at the beginning of August. And in that time period, I also won um, a pitch competition for $50,000 through the Subscription Trade Association. Um, competed, again, highly competitive, um, you know, hundreds of applicants in front of 2,000 plus people and four really badass judges. Um, chief strategist of Google, Neil Hoyne, and Jesse Puji, who had a nine-figure exit from his first company and is building another one. Um, the founder of the second largest, uh, seventh largest VC in the world, um, Brian McMahon, expert dojo, uh, Nicole Silverstein with Retail Touchpoints, like just amazing people. This was the real deal. This was not uh, any kind of a vanity award. And there were three other companies that competed against and I would say that that was a really validating moment for me, that it was like, okay, um, I, I've got this. And you have to have these wins to keep going because this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, hardest thing I've ever done. And that was huge. So, and I, and I would not, uh, in my opinion, have won that had I not been in the In Motion program that was literally training me to create the perfect pitch and the perfect executive summary. So, you know, I got up there and I was like, Bam, five minutes, here you go. Five minutes of questions and answers. I've answered 
questions from really hard people for, you know, lawyers for 18 years. So nothing scares me. Right. And, um, it was, it was really, really fun. It's super cool. My daughter's got to be there to watch me win that award. And, um, you know, I've given up a lot of time with my kids and sacrificed a ton, totally disrupted their lives four years ago when I left their father. Um, and you know, it's hard to explain to your children why you work as hard as you do, why you miss some things that you do, you know? And I think for them, like to see that, oh, mom's actually really doing something here. This is pretty cool. Um, was was huge and they got to also hold a giant check which also helps in the world of you know 12 and 14 year old girls that they're like oh this is awesome we actually all the money um was it was sponsored by a company out of chicago called prayla and they're a shopify dev shop e-commerce agency specialized they're redoing their entire website it's gonna it's gonna launch at the beginning of january it's going to be phenomenal. Um, it's such an honor to work with them. They've worked with huge brands. Um, and so uh, it's it's another 10x move from for, you know, us and our company to be able to kind of level up and play at that game. And so, you know, it's all of these. So, yeah, I mean, so we're, we're raising a half a million right now um, for capital. How much was the company evaluated? So as you went through this first year and you got in front of them, uh, how much was the company evaluated and why were they giving you the hundred thousand in the accelerator program? what did they say the company was worth? Well, I'm going to go, I, I have to go back to this story here real quick for you because what happened was, um, in, we're going to go back to October a year I'm, ago. I'm looking for her to tell you the punchline and she wants to tell the beginning backstory of the joke. I, sorry, I know you want it, but here's, <laughs> here's the deal. So you and I had this conversation when uh, in December of 2021 of how much revenue um, I wanted to make the next year. And this is the power of the mind. And my God, Paul, I'm working on on perfecting this manifesting thing, but I tell you, still not getting there. Screwed it up again, but I'll tell you that that's another story for another day. We, but, we, that That's our, our, our next journey, if you will, over the next we are going to get that dialed in because it's such a powerful place. Manifestation. I, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. another. It time. works. Every yes. I just don't quite have it perfected yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm in for that class for sure. So, um, I, I did, we'll just say for simple, simplistic purposes, um, you and I bantered and I finally wrote down that I was going to, you know, generate $750,000 in revenue my first year. And um, I didn't believe it, right? But you always say it doesn't matter if you believe it, just write it down, right? I'm like, okay, fine. And I was, you know, being grumpy about it. But... And so a year later, um, I was feeling really down. I, I had my head, and I, I knew I wasn't going to hit that number. I was not going to hit seven hundred fifty thousand in revenue, and I did it. And 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 this is where I this, this whole thing ends manifesting, but. I was feeling, I was feeling down and sad. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I had a meeting with a guy who is a finance guru in the startup world. And it was the first time I'd really kind of shared my numbers and he's a high D and he's like, you know, just firing away, you know, what do you want? And I'm just, you know, I'm giving him back, you know, the numbers that he wants. And 
Um, I this was a tough. I mean, I this was a tough conversation. I'm thinking this is I. I don't know how this is going, but I don't think it's going well, you know. And so he get you know I give him all the numbers, and he's kind of sitting here, you know, I got to say, he's like, well, you know, I don't know. I'd say your company is probably around 1.3, 1.5 million, and I'm like, what? This, this is a very different number from my bank account balance, right? right? But what I had done in that year was created a company that was worth over a million dollars and, you know, exceeded, almost doubled what my number that I wrote down with you was. So that's where we got more specific about, okay, we need access to that being in cash. Um, and, you know, how does that work? But you really invest the money back into the business over and over and over again. So I, I, want, I want everyone to get this is a little over just about one year from when you started the company. When you had a conversation with someone who was really good at analyzing these numbers and they're like, yeah, it's 1.3 million. 1.4 million is the valuation of your company. And you're feeling, and this is really key for most people that are out there because they're, they, they all have those chit chat in their head and those quiet moments at home when they're beating themselves up. And you were in the process of having those conversations with yourself when this guy comes in, in your mind out of the blue with a number that's totally insane. And it's the first time that you reflected on, oh, wow, I really have created something here. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is worthy of the time and energy I put into it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a, it's hard because as an entrepreneur, um, I mean, I, you know, haven't taken a paycheck in two years, right? Nobody's giving me money. And, you know, I, I ran into one of my friend's moms the other day at the grocery store, bless her heart. She's like, Oh my gosh, you're doing this full time now. I said, yes. And she's like, Oh, that's so good for you and your daughters. That must be so nice to have work-life balance. And I literally started laughing. I, I couldn't help myself. I thought, oh my God, no, there is no such thing right now. It is one life and I work all the time. I work harder than I ever have and I love every single minute of it. But it did help validate, Paul, you know, when, when I consistently am working, you know, every night. 18, 19, 20, 21 hour days, right? Over and over and over again. And have done this for um, well over three years now from the time that I started remodeling this house. And then I actually right. started another company while I was remodeling the house uh, related to the women in the trades piece that I've, I've right. caused. And, and then I started this one. And so, I mean, no, it's been perpetual. And so to have somebody validate like, oh, 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 apparently the lack of sleep that I've had and the no paychecks is resulting in something is pretty cool. I said to one of my other good friends, uh, moms, um, I was on the phone with her about a month ago and I said, you know, Jeannie, I've always been a little bit humble about, you know, being well paid for the positions that I've had. I've always been in executive level, um, you know, leadership positions and, and done very well. And I said, you know, when I sell this company someday, whatever the amount is, I earned every penny of it. <laughs> I know that. I know that. It is now, so hard. And you're also building, and, and and it's, you know, our focus creates our our intent and and creates our our perception. 
And so focusing in on, oh, I've worked so hard, I've done so much. And yet the the magnitude that it has in in your purpose and getting back to what I read in your bio, uh, when and and what I know to be true for, for you is with all our conversations, that showing young women what life could be is what you've done, not just, you know, in a general sense, but for your daughters to know and for if if you could pick a life for them, are you saying that you wouldn't want them to go down the journey that you just went on the last two years? Oh my gosh, no. I mean, I, I want them to do whatever they want to do. I mean, I'm not anti-higher education. I'm just about choices. I'm just about yes. providing, you know, be happy. It, it goes back to like, and I just look at so many women. It's unbelievable the number of women to me between the ages of 35 and 50 that I know that are unhappy. Wait, I want you to pause. The What creates happiness? What has created the happiness for you? Living life for you and not everybody else. Like it goes back to like, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. The analogy that I give moms is I'm like, listen, when you are in your house and you get sick, your kids are little and you get sick for three days, the house it goes freaking goes hell in handbasket. Like, I mean, you know, everybody lived, but laundry definitely didn't get done. The house looks like hell, right? I mean, you, you don't even want to go down that path. Every mom knows what I'm talking about, right? And we go through life. And this is the what you're holding it all together. You're the glue. You're the mom, the daughter, the wife, the grandma, the, the friend, the, the employee, the everything. And women lose themselves through that process. They just do. And they've all of a sudden lived their life for everyone else except for them. And there has just never been the statement more true that you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. And if you are sick on the couch for three days, which is essentially what ends up happening your entire life, you're like sick on the couch, but you're not recognizing it. Right. No one else is going to be happy around you. And when you're happy and you're thriving, everyone else that you want in your life wants to be around you and, and wants to emulate that. They, they love the energy. I, I draw people out all the time. Like, oh my God, you're just, you're just so amazing. Your energy is so great. The energy comes from a purposeful intent. Yeah. And that's what people, people hear the first line of the message is, oh, well, do for yourself. And then they just create themselves to be selfish and, and focused in on, oh, I'm going to go lay on the beach all day because or lay by the pool. And that's what I do. It's the purposeful intent and the working hard to create a purpose and living a purpose every day. Yeah creates and has created that momentum for you that is a shining star for your daughters and every other woman out there. Yeah. It's the reason I get up every day. It's the reason it's, it's not about me, right? It's about, so it is about me having my own oxygen mask on and taking care of myself and being happy, but I'm doing it for everyone else. I'm doing it for hundreds of thousands of women and young people in general right now who um, we've got some some societal uh, expectations of misalignment about, um, you know, what purpose looks like. And one of my family was like, well, you know, you got to go to college to grow up. Really? Well, if you're not living with your parents when you're 18 and you're paying your own bills, I promise you, you're going to grow up. You know, it's 
it's so uh, I don't know it's a lot of things. That's a, that's a different podcast for a different day. But here, here, that's that's the goal. That's what I'm living for. And um, when I know that it's enough, because this question has been asked to me, and I've had to do a lot of self reflection. Like, when is it enough? It's when I know I have positively impacted hundreds of thousands of of women to be able to do what they want to do happily, that they're happy. Here, 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 here. Yeah, I had someone ask me recently, when when are you going to slow down? <laughs> and you know my answer. Yeah, it's not happening anytime soon because I don't know how to live a life that is less than. Yeah. And for me, the slowing down is that less than, is that the purposeful intent. And it's not about, you know, it's about affecting the millions that I can. And every day that I'm alive, I can impact the world and not to play at that level is, is, is to me sacrilegious. So here's my question for you today. How do you, so Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan talk about doing less to get more, right? There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of books about, right? So how do you not live less, not live a lesser life, right? And balance that doing less to get more. Because that's the concept right now that I can't quite get through my head. Um, um, uh, and and so now that it goes down to defining what, what you mean by less. Right. Is it actually less creation? Or is it just less, like I'm not digging ditches anymore. Right. Like, I don't need to write, like, you know, my own copy. I've got a team of people to do that. I don't have to. So there's things I do a lot less. I I joke, you know, I have forgotten more than some people will ever know uh, because I don't do it every day anymore. So that's less to get more, to know how to delegate, know how to build a team, know how to empower other people, know how to how to create collaboration and to focus in on the highest and best use of your yeah. talents. Yeah. But does it mean actually slowing down? I and and so that's you know for me, uh, and I'll tell you and and for this question, I was just uh, had a trip planned. I'm hanging out with my wife, with my daughter, and it was four or five days where we were just going to do nothing, uh, and we had no plans. And then right before we left, there was a call for me to spend two days in another city to create magic for 400 people. Do I do that? Do I do I step away? Now, my wife was excited because I was actually leaving her for two days and then she got to play with my daughter an extra two days. We just extended our time and then it, everybody was happy. And my team, the, the most amazing thing, my team's first reaction to when I said, well, should I take this opportunity? Should I do this? They're like, we know you. Of course you're going to do this. Right? And and that is what I mean by what, the slowing down. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just going to do, you know, have the five days of doing nothing. We just extended our trip an extra couple of days. My, daughter, my wife and daughter got to play for the next couple of days. Why? flew another town over and said, all right, they, let me go and play somewhere else for two days and then come back. And I just took a plane right over, came back. It was no big deal. And 
we created magic. We created a whole nother, uh, and it was a place that I hadn't played before. It was one of the stretches for me because um, I got to play in an arena of all Spanish-speaking people. I was one of the few people that spoke English in the room, and, and that was fun. Uh, and uh, and what what a great what a great room, what a great experience, and and that's what I mean. You know, over the last month, I, I've created and and we're launching whole another story, a couple new companies. Um, this is just what we do. I know. I love it. Okay. So for most people, they go, "Ooh, you know, that's that's a lot." Only once you're moving and you recognize that there is so much more within you, I can't imagine not sharing it with the world before I go. Well, thank you for that because I've learned so much, Paul. Thank you, truly. It's been it's been a really fun journey and I, I, I've said it over and over and over again. I never would have taken the leap. I never would have started it. I never would have gone down this path um, without your support and belief in me from day one and it means the world. And I cannot wait to see where the rest of the story unfolds, right? Like get up, dress up, show up. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning and what a great close for our podcast and everything that we're doing together but it's certainly not a goodbye. Uh, this is only the beginning for Entry Envy and for everything. And I do believe there's more ventures within you uh, that are, are, and I know we've ta talked about some of the things that are the next level for you. Um, and so excited to see, and for everyone that listens to this podcast, that watches this, watch for Jennifer, and the the shining star that you are uh and where you're gonna go it's um it's a glorious journey and this is truly only the beginning uh you you barely scratched the surface of getting past the camp at the bottom of the mountain the the mountain's still in front of you even though you've already created such success thank you God bless. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the just the pieces of your story. And there's so much more for everybody here that wants to take a look at her amazing creations. Go to EntryEnvy.com. Uh, just amazing, amazing, uh, not only an amazing product that we didn't touch on it, but man, oh man, your ability to create an experience uh, if anyone's ever, you know, opened a box from, you know, so many of the top level uh, uh, companies in the world, well, Entry Envy will give you that experience as well. And receiving it every month and the experience that you give people is um, well worth the price of admission. And so thank, thank you for doing all that you do every day. Thanks, Paul. Great stuff. Thanks for being here today. As we close out this episode, which inspired you to be even more of a maverick, be sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. As our gift to you, be sure to go to themaverickuniverse.com where you can download your free copy of the Maverick Manifesto. Until next time, dare to be different. Dare to be a maverick.